Hello and welcome to an all-new, ever-exciting episode of Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can catch this show weekly on YouTube.com slash PressYYZ, live on Twitch.tv slash PressYYZ every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, or listen on your own time on your podcast service of choice. Before we get started, remember as always, be excellent to each other. Discrimination of any kind, be it over one's race, gender identity, sexual orientation, or anything else, will not and has never been tolerated within this community. Tonight, we are joined by a very special guest. We're going to talk about what we've been up to, and then we're going to get into a game of a rankum where we're going to discuss our dream developer IP, you know, wish list scenario things. But before we get started, let me introduce you to this colorful cast of characters. I am your host with the most, Mr. Mitch George, joined as always by our multi-award winning film baby, Alex Ballant. Hello, everybody. Now with 100% less internet issues. <laughs> the backbone of every one of these recordings, Mr. Alexander Cozy Cozina. Hey, uh, my ring light recently broke, so if my face seems a little bit darker than usual on Twitch, now you know why. Don't worry, though. A replacement is coming this Friday. The phenomenal Nathan McInerney. Yo, what's going on, y'all? What was that? <laughs> you trying to be hip with the kids? Yeah. How do you do? This is my dream pairing. Howdy, fellow children. And joining us, as I mentioned, is our very special guest, the one, the only, Haley. Haley, how you doing tonight? I'm all right. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, before we get into everything, give everyone the pitch. Who is Haley? What do you do? How did we meet? All all the fun details. Uh, well, we we met through this was uh, this the community originally kind of funny to, uh, which of course group of Canadian kind of funny fans. Uh, you know, been been a fan of you know the group for a while, uh, and then you guys became Press YYZ, which you know exciting. Uh, I'm. I'm going to be honest, I'm not very caught up on episodes because podcast listening kind of went down the drain during the pandemic, but... Yep. Honestly, same. Hard, uh, same. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm literally, like, trying to do my best, but, you know, uh, elevator pitch, uh, if you can't tell, uh, w- with the flags behind me, hi, I'm a trans woman, and I'm gay. So, I also talk about PlayStation every... S- we go live now. We didn't used to, but we've been doing it recently. We go live every Sunday morning at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, uh, to talk about PlayStation on the podcast I co-host on PlayStation Experience. So, awesome sauce! All right, a little bit of housekeeping before we get into it. Cozy, you're continuing your escapades in Apex Legends on Twitch uh, mm-hmm. for Press YYZ every Monday at eight, right? You sounded really uncertain (laughs) saying that. You go live at 8 and Nathan goes live at 9 and I can never keep it straight. So I just wanted to make sure before I got really into it. (laughs) Uh, The plan for next Monday is to continue the Apex escapades, right? Yes. Uh, Haley, uh, you reached out to me about playing Apex with me. Uh, Unless there is a change of plans, most likely 99.999% to the nth degree you're going to appear on this upcoming uh, episode. Uh, Sounds like a plan. The weekend after that, I will also be playing Apex Legends Legacy with uh, a new uh, cast of guests. So look forward to both. And Nathan, this week you're going to be hopping into some Fall Guys custom games. 
Yeah. Thursday, 9 p.m. Twitch. 9 p.m. Twitch. I'm looking for three other people who want to play in custom lobbies. And the plan is to see if we can pop that elusive platinum trophy with the infallible thing and see if that works or not with the custom lobbies. Because the wording makes it sound like it will. Because you, you don't need to get the crown. We'll have to tune in to find out. For um, for both yours truly and for the rest of the audience that might not be familiar, what exactly is this infallible business in Fall Guys? So you have Garbage. to win five episodes in a row, which means essentially you have to win, beat Fall Guys five times in a right. row, grab the crown out of the 60 people. I got up to three once and then failed. Um, I think it's a very hard trophy to, to well, get. Yeah. You can do these custom lobbies with as little as four people. And theoretically, mm. you could just, all four people could jump off and we could see if that get triggers the trophy. Which sounds too good to be true because I feel yeah. like historically when Which I've gotten... It probably is. When I've played other multiplayer games in the past where like you have to get a certain number of wins or do some unbelievable feat, they typically restrict it to just like ranked modes and you can't do it in like custom lobbies. Um, but I, I wish you the best, Nathan, on your journey to get your platinum because that is, even if you kind of cheese it that way, that is still no joke of a platinum uh, yeah. considering everything else you had to do. Doesn't PSMP yeah. class it as like an 8 out of 10? That sounds right. I haven't yeah. looked at the guide in a while because I was like, all right, there's no way I'm getting infallible, so I'm just not going <laughs> to That's go really the only unattainable. Yeah, that's really the only unattainable trophy. Everything else is pretty achievable. I think yeah. that trophy and winning a game with a different celebration are the only two that I'm missing. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. only because I didn't play much of season two after I finished the challenge card or yeah, the thing season from pass. season one. Yeah, I haven't I touched that whole season one. I don't know about the website you mentioned, Haley, but on psnprofiles.com, it is a said, 10 PSMP. out of 10. Okay, got it. Uh, on PSN profiles, <laughs> on PSN profiles, it's a 10 out of 10 difficulty rating, oh, not an 8 oh, out of 10. I thought it was an 8 out of 10, but 10 out of 10 sounds more... It's probably just for that one trophy. Everything yeah. else is pretty attainable. Uh, we'll talk about it in a bit when we get to Wreckfest, because I, I cheesed Wreckfest out a little bit yesterday. So, all right, well, let's let's start with talking about 10 out of 10 experiences. And I think because Alex dealt with his tech issues last week, we got to start with the 10 out of 10 experience that both he and I took in at least. I don't I didn't check to see if anyone else had. Um no, just us. So we get to gush all yes. about the Mitchells versus the machines because oh my god, how good is this movie? It is Didn't you already with... talk about this movie? Yes, I did get, get a to chance. talk about Let it. Let him have his moment. I haven't had I... a chance to see it yet, so please tell me all about it. There is no excuse. It is on Netflix. I know it and is. And it but... is it is from the same people who did Into the Spider-Verse, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the Lego movie. It is a Phil Lord and Chris Miller movie joint. They're not like the directors on it, but they're the they're EPs executive on it. Yeah, they're yeah. EPs on it. But you can feel their influence all throughout it. And oh my God, from minute one, this movie just pulls you in specifically with the art style and like the the voiceover and you just get this sense of style oozing out of it right from the get-go and then from there it just kind of keeps building 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 and it is some of the best family dynamic characters that i've experienced in an animated movie it is beautiful it, not just in animation but in like the the feelings that it gave me i cried during it 
and I cannot. I've seen it twice at this point. It is it is that good that it it yeah. warrants repeat viewings. Yeah. It uh, Danny McBride, honestly, he plays the dad in the movie, and he disappears in this character. It is it is so relatable just from a dad's perspective and some of the things that he's had to go through and the way that he's supported his family over the years by being very dad about it very very closed off very to himself not really you know being emotional or sharing that and as the characters grow throughout the arc of the story it's just the 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 arc that character goes on specifically for me hits in a hard way uh it's it's something very special and like alex says it looks like even though it's coming from the same studio that did spider-verse or cloudy with a chance of meatballs it 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 still looks incredibly unique like yes whatever yeah. i don't know what they put in the water at sony that <laughs> sony animation but it is phenomenal the stuff they've put out over the last few years yeah. nothing it's, feels samey everything's got its yeah. own you know unique flair and this one is very much rooted in like millennial culture and video production youtube like there's, yeah. there's very much this like pop culture spin to it which uh the way they break the fourth wall with some of those things like there's one moment very early in the movie, so it's not really a spoiler, but there's a picture frame, like there, there's all these family photos and there's just a picture frame that has a stock photo in it, but the stock photo is an actual photo. It's not like animation. <laughs> it's it's really cool. Yeah. Some of the ways yeah. they break out it's of like, traditional animation norms. It reminds yeah. me really, of the callback really to the beginning of Spider-Verse where we get to see the image of the shitty Spider-Man popsicle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Similar, yeah, yeah. yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah, Spider-Verse yeah, is great. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I can't get over, like, I remember a couple years ago when Sony announced the, like, six-figure deal they signed with Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I was like, okay, that means we're just going to get a bunch of Spider-Verse movies, which, not a bad thing. But not then this movie just kind of comes out of nowhere. They drop it on Netflix, and it's just, it is so phenomenal, especially, like, knowing this was the same studio that, like, three years ago did the Emoji movie is, like insane that they've just kind of done this complete 180 and they're under this really great banner now was this planned originally as a netflix release or was this theatrical that moved to netflix because of covid i would assume it was theatrical yeah i would assume i would assume it it fell under that boat but now with like that whole deal that sony has signed with netflix i have a feeling that we're gonna see at least a couple more movies sort of like i uh i know it's not the same thing but uh, it was the same thing with happiest season and hulu uh Mm. obviously we don't have hulu in canada but uh it's on amazon prime now but like or or even better i think the palm springs the the andy Mm. oh my god palm springs i haven't seen it don't spoil it for me please i know it's okay i I I know it's a time movie but like i haven't i haven't seen it yet I will spoil nothing. I'm just going to tell everyone who's listening right now. If you have not, watch The Mitchells vs. the Machines first, and then immediately go and watch yes. Palm Springs, because yeah. they're two of the best movies I've seen in the last year. My, I can my, say someone yeah. with Andy Samberg. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. I can okay. say without a doubt that like I definitively I don't even need to see another movie this year. This Mitchells vs. the Machines is probably gonna be in at least my top two. If not, this is probably gonna be my favorite movie. I'm uh, I'm gonna make Fix mad. Yeah uh venom 2 baby no i'm kidding uh i was literally about to bring that up <laughs> you know like th- those are awfully bold words alex that's why that's why i gotta say venom. number two at least top two because there has to be space for venom let there uh, be no, carnage for spider-man oh, yeah for spider-man spider-man I, I is the one i'm gonna be real i think that's getting pushed i'm sorry venom takes I, I do too, too close to christmas i do too 
Yeah. Um, but speaking of Venom, has everyone seen the trailer for Venom Let There Be Carnage? Yes. yes. Oh, it was yeah. so good. Multiple times. Yeah. <sighs> it's great. A trailer. It's, ex- it's exactly movie. what it's exactly it's, what I wanted from a Venom two, which was just I uh, mean, Eddie and the symbiote being uh, being like buddy cop, roommates. basically. Yeah, it's I'm missing. There's a lack of Eminem, but besides that, you know, it it was kind of what I thought it was going to be for a trailer. So, so I it, it, I went and saw. Sorry, go ahead, cozy. I was just going to say, uh, in the wake of the original Venom movie releasing, I was shocked by like just how popular that movie was on like your tumblers for example like i remember hi i'm seeing on tumblr a ton. all the time <laughs> yeah i, I remember resident tumblr expert a ton of like fan art like totally genuine fan art uh, of like eddie brock and venom uh from that movie uh on that platform and on other like image focused platforms at the time of that movie's release and i'm i i very much do appreciate in a really genuine way that they're like choosing to focus in on their relationship with this movie i feel Mm -hmm. like a lesser director would have just uh chosen not to do that and would have had Mm -hmm. this movie open on a very similarly dour uh, tone to the way that the first movie was. Um, so before so, I say what I have yeah. to say, I just want to ask: Are we allowed to swear on this? I'm, like I said, I'm a little behind on episodes. S- sorry, did you, you say can do whatever the fuck you want? Whatever oh, the fuck okay. you want. Uh, okay. Wait, just, does Cozy's mom still listen? <laughs> my mom does on occasion. My, my, my mom, mom. We're gonna. Swear. My mom never never cared about the swears. That was not her problem. I'm I'm just very glad they've decided to also focus. Well, Tumblr focuses on the monster fucking aspect of Venom, but like. Um, as they haven't, yeah. yeah yes. But also, shout out to the writers at Marvel who actually have canonically said that like the symbiote can help Eddie get off. <laughs> you know, hell yeah. Oh, not something as, I needed to oh, know, but now I do. I, I just want to mention, <laughs> as is our sorry, god-given I, right to know. Jesus uh, yes, I, I just I should have mentioned this beforehand. If you want to get into spoiler territory, I have a spoiler mode that I can activate at a moment's notice. So if there's oh, anything, I, any sensitive no, information that you're about to impart, do so you want to? Do so you want to talk about how Vader was Luke's father? Or? Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to say for Venom, I I remember vividly going to see this one alone on a Tuesday night because I alone. couldn't convince anyone to come with me. Yeah, I couldn't but get I anyone like to Venom, come with me either. I feel like Venom, and I only went to see it on a on a on a farce, and I actually had a, a okay time. Um, given when this movie releases, surrounded by other fantastic films, I don't think it's going to be the first one. But I will say that this movie would be made a lot better if Press YYZ did a meetup and went and saw this movie because that's one way I would see it. I'm just I, saying. Hey, if someone can get me I mean, to the I gauntlet, I, sure. I don't drive though. If we are vaccinated. I will be back in the theaters by that point. I think it's October. It's, it's September 24th. September. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Um, um, I think Shang-Chi in September will be the first to get me back, but mm-hmm. this would be close. Just out of reach is the like limited edition 4K case of Venom, which is very <laughs> cool. Um, very sad. The actual case doesn't have that design. So like the, the it's a cool like symbiote like painting style thing on the case. But you pull it out, and the case just has the regular movie cover. So it's like, well, what? This is why I gotta, I gotta do away with, uh, with physical media. Speaking of doing away with physical media, cozy, you were doing remote play from your PlayStation. 
like uh, digital yeah, stuff? I mean, needless to say, <laughs> I have not been up to a lot of new stuff over the past week. I've just been continuing to play uh, Metroid Samus Returns and Control, which uh, we've both talked about over the past couple of episodes of the show. The only real, I love like... Control. Uh, great game. I'm, I still have some ways to go in it, it I think. Ooh. Ooh. I uh, definitely will look into platinuming it. I'll 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 see how long it, it will take me to complete the ultimate edition, and then based on that, I may or may not go back to the normal edition of the game. You know what I it's, mean? It's uh, it's one of my faves in that it does the same thing Days Gone does, where you only need to collect like seventy five percent of the collectibles. You don't need to oh, collect that them is all. Nice. Yeah. Mm. So that, and that's and nice. It, although if you're if you're playing on PS five, it will track them in the ultimate edition for you as well. So. You only need oh, 120 the, for the, the card system or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it'll track them in the trophy thing too. Oh, right, right. I forgot the PlayStation trophies do that now. Yeah, uh, I will say I have, though, I, have I really words on that in a second, but we'll we'll get to it. Cozy, go ahead. I, I really though. do love the uh, collectibles in Control though, so I have no problem collecting all 100 percent of them. It's too bad that you're never going to be able to like uh, unveil what those blacked out bars all reveal because I'd like to do so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, with regards to um, me uh, remote playing things on my uh, phone, I mean, basically what it comes down to is that I like to spend most of my evenings uh, retiring to my room and relaxing there. I don't really have a good chair set up in front of my 4K TV to uh, play games on it at the moment. Uh, and so I started uh, phoning it up with the remote play functionality. Um, it's... The quality of the remote play, at least in my household, I have my PS5 uh, on a wired Ethernet connection, is a-okay. Um, it's, like, you can tell that it's, you know, not, like, natively running on uh, the platform, but it totally does the job. Uh, that being said, I've, um, like, I've had a little bit of difficulty kind of placing my phone and uh, playing with it with my PS4 controller and watching something on like a, a TV set that's in my room all mm. at the same time. So I decided to go ahead and purchase myself uh, one of those PlayStation 4 uh, controller phone con uh, phone holders. Uh, I was about to say PlayStation 4 controller phone controllers, which sounds like a Hideo Kojima appliance if I've ever heard of one. Uh, but <laughs> you anyways. just wait, Hideo Kojima might come up later in this episode. Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, n n nothing much else to say. I don't know. Do, do any of you have any experience with crossplay all that much? Not crossplay, uh, remote, remote play. Uh, These so... names all blend together, you know? Yeah, <laughs> more or less. Uh, so my PS5 and my PS4 before, which I don't have anymore because PS5 is backwards compatible. Um, my PS5 is hardwired, but... Uh, Everything's in my room, so I, I don't really feel the need to use it. Uh, I used it once before, and it was extremely unreliable back on PS4, uh, to the point where I just deleted the app off my phone and never used it again. Like, the game, I think I was trying to do The Last of Us Remastered on it, and it just, it was not an enjoyable experience. I specifically remember when um, I was doing my second playthrough of Persona 5, Royal to get to the third semester to try and I was like just speed running through it and so because of kind of that game like all the combat stuff you know you don't really need to have like reliable reaction speeds for it I um honestly had a good time playing through it like just I had it up on my mm -hmm. uh my laptop in my bed mm -hmm. and so like I really do think that with the remote play it really depends on like 
the type of game you're playing like no way in hell i would do something like returnal or something on that where like your reaction speed is actually important important yeah yeah so i mean with persona 5 with persona 5 it makes sense because obviously Mm -hmm. many people had fond memories of playing persona 4 on the playstation vita and with persona 5 being line locked on you know home consoles it makes sense that we would want to return to that state of bliss well, so yeah. I played um, Fallout 4 on Vita through remote play. And that was one of the Ooh. games that had a custom oh, Vita man. control scheme. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There were Skyrim really? had wow. one. There were a few ones I that had Border, custom Vita. Borderlands, one of the Borderlands games, I think, had a. Borderlands 2 did, I think. No, Borderlands 2 right. came to Vita. I don't think oh, it had a custom control scheme. But that's there was like right. three or four games that had like a custom control scheme for Vita that they put in when you're remote playing and it was awesome. I played the entire Nuka-Cola expansion, Nuka-Cola like park expansion from my in-laws. That was great. And recently I'll talk to it when we get to what I'm talking about, but I've been using my PC downstairs to remote play uh, grindy things while I've been working. So yeah, for, for me, I've dabbled in xCloud a bit and obviously have invested in Stadia. I've got the controller. I got, cyberpunk mm-hmm. there i swear to god i'm going to finish that game in 2021 um but to, no, to, to kind Mitch, of I, Mitch, yes i am how long have I'm you been gonna do it, god damn it. at this point um I, I probably put about eight hours into it wait for oh well no i guess does stadia get a next gen patch no or no, what version technically the pc version so yeah or it's a, a a branch of the PC version. Also, I'm just I'm still amused. Four months later, Cyberpunk is still not back on the PlayStation Store. It's just yeah, that's crazy. It's just gone still, and it's like crazy. it's like okay, they say the next gen patch is coming in the second half of this year. Do you think the PS4 version is going to be back on the store before that happens? No, I, I think if they don't think relaunch so. it, it'll come at the same time as the next gen patch, and they'll be like, um, "Here's your PS4 version plus the PS5." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was just going to date myself in terms of like the last time I really tested remote play was in the xCloud beta on my iPad. The last time I took a trip in February of 2020. Um, so it's been a while, but, and that was on hotel Wi-Fi. And it actually worked surprisingly well playing Halo on my iPad. And I want to, now that I've gotten into the xCloud beta for iOS now with the web app they've had, I know there's been like some, you know, some like complaints about performance because it is not running natively on the phone. Um, I want to get back to it and try it. But if you can't tell by my background, if you're watching any of our video products, uh, I'm in the process of packing to move. And my phone controller clip thingy is somewhere. (laughs) Do I know where? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hotel uh, wi-fi has never been great for me the only time i used, no. tried to use it was uh when i went to fan expo in 2016 i want to say i went again in 2019 but then we stayed in airbnb so right you actually the... go ahead oh, i was gonna segue into hotel wi-fi experiences but go ahead cousin well i mean this is actually in that same wheelhouse um when um like remote play for the PlayStation 4 was first introduced back in, I believe it was 2016. I actually tried to play uh, like my PlayStation 4 remotely from a class in uh, like a university course I was taking in Japan. Um, it didn't really work out so well, uh, but it was a fun experience. 
Um, I, I've never really had great hotel Wi-Fi experiences. The best hotel Wi-Fi experience I've ever had, and this will surprise no one here if you know me at all, was at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. Because the Wi-Fi, for whatever reason down there, it just worked. Like, we were going back to the hotel every night and pulling up. This was before they had um, Chromecast and all their TVs. So we were going home, going back and pulling up Disney Plus on an iPad to, like, watch Disney movies when we were in the hotel room because we could and we were at Disney and you're part of this whole atmosphere. Um, and it worked really well. Like, we went, yeah. other than the days we flew into and flew out of Orlando, we relied solely on hotel and park Wi-Fi. And by and large, it worked relatively well. I see what you did there. Uh, bringing up Disney because I love Disney. No, you said by and large. I did also say by and large. That was not on purpose, but it did happen. <laughs> Disney um, just runs through your veins. Everything you say is a Disney reference. 100%. Uh, speaking of things running through my veins, all I've been able to play this week, and Alex, you're going to be with me on this one, Returnal. Oh my God, how good oh, is Returnal? I, I know I said it last week, so I'm going to keep my words to a minimum, but I'll let you go at it and I'll provide my update after. So for, uh, before I got rudely disconnected last week um, for that little, for, you know, uh, I did Damn manage you, to get Rogers to talk. and or Bell internet, I think. One one of those monopolies. Yeah. I was um, trying to get you to tune in via your phone, but uh, I'm guessing the computer was really <laughs> giving you a tough time. Yeah, I, I don't even want to go into that. Um, it, it's it's an old rig, but either way, I've been playing oh, yeah. Returnal a lot in whatever downtime I can possibly find, and I have been adoring it uh, since the last time I was on this podcast, which was last week. Uh, I mentioned I had not beaten the first boss yet. Uh, since then, I have killed the boss many times. Uh, in fact, I got to Act 2, which not going to spoil anything, of course. Um, I know but, I understood that reference. But Luke Skywalker was there. My goodness, it very yep. cool. Yep. The the yep. story is very cool in Returnal, and is I it? I thought it was yes. kind of lame when when Luke Skywalker threw the lightsaber over him. I I feel like see, he could have done so see, in a more respectful I, manner. See, I understand why people were upset about that, but also I didn't think it was that big a deal. But also, Returnal's really really fun, and oh my god, it really there's a moment, and there's this was the same thing I had kind of with Hades, but hate it was a little bit more instant with Hades. But there's a moment with Returnal where you're playing it, and you're like, oh, oh, I get this. And then you just kind of go flying through. Like, I remember when, after I beat that first boss, I, like, ran through the next biome like it was nobody's business. And I was just, and I got super, super, super far. And then the next run after that, I got a little bit further. And then the next run after that, I just completely, like, wiped through the whole thing. It really is, like... I mean, just like with Hades, just like with Binding of Isaac, there's like the moments where it's like once you kind of get past that wall that you hit, you just kind of you just kind of keep going. You don't really lose that momentum. And that's what I've been really loving about it. So I've mm. not really been a, a huge fan of these roguelike experiences. They, I always end up, like you said, hitting that wall and not mm -hmm. pushing through it. Um, I beat Returnal this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, it, I, I could not put it down. There was, so I also uh, got my first uh, COVID vaccination 
And the night that I did, I, or no, the, the, the second night, I think it was, I couldn't sleep. Mm. Um, it was one of those weird nights where I don't know if it was that or just I got in my own head of I implanted the idea in my head that eventually I'm going to fall asleep for the last time and I won't know when that is and my heart just was like oh god now you can't sleep mm, yeah <laughs> so I woke up and I completed uh, the nano machines take a while to acclimatize your bloodstream they really do the 5G's really do kick in hard um, but yeah no I I the only boss that gave me trouble throughout the game was that first one. After yeah. that, it was just a matter of getting to the boss. And then it was a very repeatable pattern, at least for me, the way my brain kind of understood the way the bosses work. Uh, did you take my advice, Alex, that I gave you last yes. week? I and did that help it, a lot. Oh, 100%. It, <laughs> it really did. It really, like, just even just the turning on auto sprint changes. It just changes the momentum of the game in a way that, like... I can't really describe with words, but it's this, it, you feel it instantly. You you feel this change in momentum that like, it feels like with Doom Eternal, how it's like you're always at your top speed. And that's yeah. what I absolutely adore about Returnal is that like, you just are kind of always getting a little bit better at continuously being as fast as possible. And being fast means you're not getting hit. And that means you're killing enemies. And that means you're getting further. Yeah, it, for me, it really is a bullet hell shooter with third-person shooting mechanics, not a third-person yeah. shooter that turns itself into a bullet hell uh, experience. And yeah, the auto sprint and having, for me, I just, I didn't have the capacity to remember, okay, I need to sprint to get through certain things and and that, that little nuance. So taking one thing out of my control and making it so I could focus yeah. specifically on evading and shooting uh, definitely helped. And then for me, the thing that clicked and the, the way I was able to beat this game I found a gun with a specific mm -hmm. mod and I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to spoil anything that you do unlock throughout the game. Mm -hmm. But once I found that gun mod combo, something clicked. I'm just like, I'm running through everything. I am the eviscerator of all space alien thingies. Nothing can stop me now. And it didn't. And yeah. I've beat the game. I've gotten to, there. there is a bit of a post game, which includes some more story elements. I finished that. I'm only at the point where I have to go through and collect the remaining collectibles in the game's six biomes to complete mm. the platinum. And I'm going to get this platinum, but my God, the collectibles in this goddamn game, they're every so interesting. Run, every, yeah, but every run, each room is randomized mm -hmm. and the collectibles only appear in certain rooms. So if oh. I'm going through a run and I need like five audio logs and if that doesn't pop up in the biome that it's supposed to appear and if that room doesn't appear or I don't have a key to get past the door where that room was, then I'm screwed and it's mm. pissing me the hell off. I wish there was yeah. a better way to track it. That notwithstanding, I still think up to this point, this is my game of the year and it's the one to beat for me. I do. I th I think I I think I'm in agreement with you. I haven't played. There's a couple of games that I have not gotten to yet, both Hitman Three and Resident Evil Village. But I will say, out of everything that has come out this year, I will say Returnal is probably my game of the year so far as well. Speaking of that zombie werewolf vampire game thingy, I think uh, Haley, you've been playing Resident Evil Village. Tell us about y it. Yeah, I actually beat it this morning. Uh, I won't spoil Congrats. anything. Um, <clears throat> I've been enjoying it. Uh, I didn't. I never played Resident Evil Seven. Not that I wasn't interested in it. It's just uh, I found the camera and the way that the flashlight worked in Resident Evil Seven to be too dark. Uh, it's a, it's much better in RE Eight. 
uh, or village, uh, as it's called. Uh, I did, however, watch uh, one one of my favorite streamers, uh, also a kind of funny best friend, Ray Narvaez Jr. Uh, watched his playthrough of um, of RE7. So, like, I'm not like out of the loop on like who Ethan is as a character or anything like that. Right. Um, you don't really learn who he is in that game either. No, you don't. He's kind of a blank slate, and I love that the internet has gone wild with that fan render and <laughs> kind of turned the fan render into Griffin McElroy, so there's that. Um, is it a fan render? I thought that was official. No, it's I'm a fan render. I'm pretty certain that it's, it's a, a fan, fan render. render. Yeah. You're uh, able to briefly see uh, Ethan at a few points throughout Resident Evil 7, so his yeah. his face is not yeah. utterly he, unknown to us. He but, does have yeah. a character model in 7. It, it, okay. Yes. Also, if you go to... I mean, this is for nerdy people, but if you if you go mm. to the, like, the wiki for Resident Evil, they do have a photo of Ethan's face... Um, under i think it's seven um both like ethan winter's character profile on the wiki is like shaded on his face but then if you scroll down to the bottom there's like an actual like link to his official like look um there it's weird there are some games that intentionally hide a character's identity because it's a huge yeah. reveal, but this is more the case that they just kind of want Ethan to be an everyman, although I feel like yeah. at this point he's not really that much of an everyman anymore yeah. given the also, experiences can, he's undergone. How, how can you be an everyman if you can survive like literally any attack? Like, no, your arm's chopped off. Oh, let me just... Right back be on. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, be fine. I don't know, I like the enemy design in this. Uh... No spoilers, but I wish that Lady Dimitrescu and her daughters were in the game longer than they are. Um, there's an area in this game that is extremely unsettling, and oh my god, I don't... I don't... I already know I'm not getting the platinum for this. Not not because I don't think I can do it. Um, just because Mass Effect comes out on Friday, and I'm going to put all my time into that until Rabbit <sighs> yes, comes does. out. I can't wait to see uh, my husband in 4K. Uh... Who's your husband? We married Garrus. Okay. It better. It's it's only Garrus. All I have to say is, if you kill Rex, we can't be friends. I would never. Oh, That's I know. Spoiler. I, Spoilers. That's okay. You don't even Someone know who Rex is. You don't yet. even know say, who I Rex to, is. I tried to play like an hour of the first one, and I got I I couldn't put up with the game. Uh, I'm hoping that so, this remaster pulls me in eventually. So on to, on that topic, so while we're like, I mean, it's the same thing, kind of. But like, um, if you can't handle Mass Effect One, you can still move on to Mass Effect Two because what what's included in this remaster is a comic because originally right. Mass Effect One mm. never came out on the PS3. When it yes. launched on PS3 for Mass Effect 2, they included a comic for people to select choices for Mass Effect 1. Um, yeah. So you can pick those choices and then start a Mass Effect 2 playthrough. Uh, because I'm of the opinion, I'm not playing Mass Effect 1 again. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> can I'm I, just um, using the comic to play Mass Effect 2. But what so if it's I, better from being fixed? I I knew that was the case when the prequel or when the trilogy came out on the PlayStation 3, which is where I tried to play Mass Effect 1. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't give myself the out to to go that route. I, I wanted to experience them, but yeah, it ended up falling off. For those here who have completed Mass Effect 1, um, like, is the decision to uh, spare Rex's life like that much more difficult in the original game? Because I played uh, the comic uh, Haley that you just made mention of mm -hmm. uh, back when I played Mass Effect 2 on the PlayStation 3 for the first time. And when it came to the time to make the decision whether to spare or kill Rex, it was kind of like, well, why wouldn't I save him? 
It's not that big of a deal to me. It, yeah. So there's two opportunities. You may want to activate your spoiler mode here. Um, okay. Not a problem. Uh, there's there's two opportunities. There's a choice where Shep, Shepard themselves uh, can make that choice. But if you don't act quick enough, one of your crew members will um, will literally just... Yeah. Yeah. And the only way that the decision was difficult was I remember my very first time playing it. I didn't really understand that, like, if I decided to go Paragon or Renegade, mm -hmm. you kind of have to really stick with it because otherwise you don't have enough mm. points to, like, make those decisions yes. later on. Yeah. Uh, That's I, one of. I yeah. have Paragon all the way. Um. Yeah. I. It, it, honestly, it depends on the playthrough for me. I played through both of the. I played through all three of the mm -hmm. games on both. Uh, things but yeah like that's kind of the only like trapping i guess for for new players is like you don't it doesn't really tell you that you kind of have to make your choice kind of from the get-go yeah yeah you kind of have to make your choice from the get-go and then kind of stick with it but yeah so yeah that's the only one that's like if you don't make the choice one of your crewmates will for yeah. you uh other than that any other choice is made by shepherd so yeah for sure mm -hmm. all right you can add your spoiler mode. Not a problem. I already did so. Okay. It, it's safe to return? Yes. 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 Okay. I am back, and I do not know what was being discussed, so I will non-sequiturally segue over to talking about something we talked about a bit earlier. Apex, Alex, Cozy, you played Apex. Tell me about Apex. We did play Apex. And good talk. I, okay. yeah, great talk. Great talk. No, actually, um, cause this was something that, um, kind of cozy was making reference to on the stream that we did. Uh, cause he's asking me like, how, how are you feeling? What's your temperature at right now with this? And we played both the, the classic battle Royale and the, what is it called? The legacy uh, uh, legacy mode. Okay. Uh, legacy is an arenas style mode, uh, but it's okay. original name is legacy. Got it. Okay. So yeah, we played the this new mode, uh, which is a three v three. Still kind of like you have one life; you have to you know kind of work together. It's still very much Apex's DNA, but just smaller scale. And I really, really enjoyed it. Like I like the mechanics of Apex. I just I don't think I like battle royales kind of at all. I've tried most of them. The one I put the most amount of time in was PUBG, but like I've played PUBG, I've played Fortnite, I've played Warzone, I've played Apex. Like it's just not my style of game. If Halo has one, maybe I'll give it a try, but I don't know if I'll stick with it. Mm. But like I'm really there if you are uh, yeah, I mean I, I gotta I gotta make sure that I, I know what I'm talking about. Gotta be on brand, yeah. Of course. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed this new mode for Apex. It's all, It was a lot of fun. It was specifically very much fun when we got our three-man squad. Um, yeah, shout out yeah. to Snorkelese who joined us halfway through. He definitely yes. uh, helped things come together because... So the way that that night of streaming worked was uh, myself and Alex jumped in right away. Uh, we decided to jump into legacy mode and have like a rando as our third team member. Both of our randos quit out on us because we weren't playing super well yeah. uh and it's at that point that we decided let's go and play uh apex legends classic battle royale mode for a little bit just to see how we fare in that we actually did pretty well and then when snorkelese joined in we went into back into legacy mode and 
Yeah, I, I'm in total agreement with Alex. This mode is a lot of fun, and we actually did not do too shabby in the last couple yeah. of rounds we played. Yeah, we won a couple. There were some that were really close where we had like sudden deaths, and we like and managed to like pull through. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and really like I want to play this more. But I specifically uh-huh. like I don't think I'm gonna like play Apex by. I mean, maybe I might dabble a little bit in it, but like really, I want to play this mode like with with people for sure i uh, i want to get into arenas like that's why i reached out to cozy when he was looking for people the other night mm. uh i want to try arenas and i haven't really played apex since playstation changed the way parties work uh really not a huge fan of the way they work now they're they're so counterintuitive uh so yeah, i'm hoping that weird. disc i'm hoping that discord integration coming early next year is uh actually like hey discord's on the console now because Oh boy, PlayStation, why did you change how parties worked? Um, I mean, they weren't very good before either, to be honest. No, but yeah. you could at least join your friends and see who's in a party and just, like, jump in. That's not even an option now. No. Um, so I haven't really played Apex since then. Arenas looks fun. I've watched Blessing, uh, Blessing's little clip he put up where he's like, I am God or whatnot. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, I, I love the battle morale mode. Uh, it's really the only one that I actively enjoy. Like I played Fortnite, I've tried PUBG. Uh, Apex is really the only one that stuck with me. Uh, I am, of course, a Wraith main though. So, mm. yeah, and, and no, like nobody here is. is nobody here is gonna uh, give you any crap for that. Nobody here hates Wraith. I know you quite do a few you. people do. You do you. Speaking of that. Um, Haley, you've been diving deep into two things I know are very near and dear to you in terms of rewatching them. Yes. Uh, the Vampire Diaries and the Arrowverse. Yes. Uh, so I started my Vampire Diaries rewatch like the day after everything happened with Soot, um, which was unfortunate. Um, I'm going to bring it up again because I'm like, not getting too deep into it. But again, thank you to everyone who donated for me to be able to take my cat to the vet. Uh, it unfortunately ended in tragedy. Um, so I needed comfort food. So I, I started rewatching the vampire diaries. Uh, I have since finished it. Uh, that, there's eight seasons I might add. And then I started it over again. Cause I'd like to watch the spinoff show, the originals, but I only own season one and it's not on any streaming services here. So yes, the CW has a weird way of putting their stuff in streaming in Canada and that they don't do that. Uh, yeah. well, see, here's the other thing. than like the flash. Supergirl's on Netflix, uh, and will oh, be so is and, the Flash, and so is the Flash. But the only one that updates week to week is the Flash. The Flash literally yeah. releases new episodes on Netflix every Thursday. Um, Supergirl, you have to wait till the whole season's over. Uh, Superman and Lois isn't on anything. Uh, I think it's on Crave. I watched nope, the first. I, ha- I have no. Crave. Or sorry, no, I think it's on CTV's app. Oh, but you can't use that on the console, so... I, no, I, no, that's you have to use it on... I, I have mean, it on an Apple TV. So, for reference, I own Superman and Lois the whole season. I bought it on Google Play, so like I, oh, I, get, okay. I get new episodes as they come out, because then I can just watch them on my TV on YouTube. Yep, makes um, sense. But, uh, I don't know. It. I've been rewatching the Arrowverse. Like it's, I, I really enjoy the Arrowverse, and if you can't tell, I also really enjoy Smallville. Uh, poster right here. I was going to get it signed by Tom Welling, but it was like $90, so I just mm, got a photo yeah. with him instead. 
I was going to um, say, I think your your Twitter header photo is you with Tom Holland. Uh, my Twitter header is, is me with Laura Vandervert, who played Supergirl on Smallville. My Twitter profile picture is me standing next to Roger Clark, who voices Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption. My pinned tweet is me standing That's beside Tom Holland. Okay. Yeah. Um, I knew it was, I was there. I just couldn't remember yeah. where. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also very funny because uh, while Michael Rosenbaum went to the bathroom, Tom Welling defaced Michael Rosenbaum's sign, which is on brand for the two of them. Um, but uh, fun Michael Rosenbaum's story. Um, I didn't realize he was in the movie Bringing Down the House starring Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. We watched that movie last weekend. It did not age well. A lot of things it, uh, he's been in didn't age well. That that yeah. sit, that sitcom where he had hair didn't age well either. Well, uh, he had hair in this. I'm just like that is not that hashtag not my Lex Luthor. Like yeah yeah the hell are you uh, doing? Also, uh, you know, I I will uh, and also like just to note, I realize there's a problematic person in Smallville, but that show was like part of my formative years. That show started when I was like five. Uh, Sorry, I may have dated myself there, but like, uh, it's okay. Alice, it only makes me feel old as balls. Allison Mack, not a great person. Yes, I will still, of course, watch Smallville every year because I own all ten seasons and I, I love that show. Uh, yeah, it's it's very very interesting the debate between being able to separate the art from the artists involved. Yeah. And like, oh, we're gonna discuss we're, that later. We're, oh, we definitely are. <laughs> oh. We'll draw a line somewhere, but we should probably. Yeah, we should probably get moving, but yeah, no, sorry, go ahead, Haley. No, I, and just, uh, the thing is, is with the Arrowverse, I don't watch it every year, but, um, I try, so, like, there was the big break, of course, because of COVID, right? So, then everything started, and I'm still in the middle of my rewatch, so I haven't, the only thing current I've seen from this season of the Arrowverse is Superman and Lois, which I'm very excited comes back next week. Um, it's very good, it's way better than I thought it was. And, uh, I'm, I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed the first, I think episode or two that I watched. I definitely mm-hmm. do want to get back to that. I'm, uh, I'm just very sad that Supergirl is of course ending because of it. Uh, for anyone who's not aware, my Twitter gamer tag, all of that, uh, on most places it's Haley Zarel, but tw- Twitter it's Shepard Zarel because, uh, my old account that was my actual at got suspended for using a gift that said kill them all in it. So great. Yeah. Fun, oh, fun happen. times. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad to rewatch them. Um, just there's vampires are very near and dear to me. I love vampires and so are superheroes. I mean, it's not really going to show up while on camera, but hi, I literally have the words El Mayara, which is Kryptonian for stronger together tattooed on my arms. Hell yeah. Wait, hold on. Can you uh, show it up for the camera again? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Make sure to get it for everyone in back. <laughs> uh no that's awesome i know we we, we've talked at length about uh arrow like arrowverse and smallville Mm -hmm. um shadow hunters and all this stuff off stream so it's it's a ton of fun stuff like i'm uh that one won't show up as well because of the light thing but uh, i do i do have a shadow hunter tattoo as well yeah that's awesome yeah okay um i think we've talked about stuff long enough uh nathan do you want to quickly go through how you cheesed wreckfest or we want to save it for next week uh, I don't know your call. It's your your thing. Uh, I platinumed Wreckfest. It's great. Congrats. Um, uh, I I put some clips together so Cozy can show them here. This is and we'll be, get to we'll be sure to share some, stuff out on social as well. Yeah, racing a motorized sofa. Um, that's right. I, it's I, a you sofa can do with, that. 
I booted this up and it was like okay. Um but if we could get people to play it, I'd be down for some friggin' demolition derbies or something in this game. So this this course has an X in the middle, so you constantly have to go through traffic. Ooh. Yeah, that's awesome. When you're doing it. Um there's courses that will literally have like the the like this is riding lawnmowers. And you go up these two curved ramps on each side of the track, and then you jump back into the middle of the track, and then have to jump head on back into the uh, back into where people are driving towards you as you go back to the other side. Um, also, like every car can die, so that's all the carcasses of dead cars that blew up and couldn't go oh, anymore. Destruction elements are great, honestly. So this is once again another head-to-head -head one where you turn around at the end and then you got to all of a sudden race back in oh, um, race back against all the other cars. <laughs> it's like that one mission in Heavy Rain. Um, check out what happens to the side of my car here in a second. I did a side view of it, so I'm going to get wiped out here. Ooh! And I'm going to turn the camera so you can see the side of the car. Um, I'm on three wheels now. Yep, turn the camera. There you go. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, the de the destruction of the cars, the way they've built out those mechanics in this game, it's a it's a lot of fun, and I'd love to get into this with other people and just, you know, have a, a goofy time of destroying these cars and like demolition derbies and stuff. But mm -hmm. other than that, I, I didn't see myself sticking with it very long. But very cool that you uh, you worked through and got yourself that platinum trophy. Yeah, it's a fun little platinum uh, trophy. These are double-decker cars, once again, another X-Track. Um, there was one where it was like a demolition derby with Carvesters. Oh, um, yeah, I saw I saw a video with that one. And motorhomes and such. Yeah, because the thing so, with the double-decker cars, with them being top-heavy, you're going you're gonna to roll over much easier. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So there's just a lot of fun to be had with it. It's quirky. It's crazy if you want to have like lawnmowers against each other you can do that they'll pair like school buses against um like cars or you get like a little van and have to ride against big rigs it's from um, the original developer of the fallout game or flat out games so that makes a lot of sense honestly yeah um for three days i had fun getting the platinum trophy it was a little grindy at the end i just um set games up and let them run while i remote played it on my pc downstairs and literally didn't touch anything and would get experience from, I would have a big rig against lawnmowers and they would just run into me and die. And then I would get the XP from it and just let them keep playing over and over and over again. So, but it's a fun, fun little game free on PS plus this month. If you have a PS five, I think it's worth the time to jump into. And yeah, we could have some fun uh, multiplayer games if we want to do some destruction derby. Uh, maybe, stuff. maybe next week's game night. Uh, I can, I can skip out on D and D. We can just do some craziness in Wreckfest. All right. Sounds good. We'll figure that out. Um, yep. Alex, you want to talk about Mortal Kombat this week, or you want to? Um, I can. I can just kind of sum it up. Uh, Mortal Kombat movie bad. Mortal Kombat games good. Solid. And with solid. Uh, and with that, I think we can move on to our topic of the show. <laughs> um. So earlier this week, EA acquired the developer behind the game Super Mega Baseball. We saw earlier this year, T, uh, 2K, I think, acquired the studio behind the. Um, the golf games, right, Nathan? Yes. They do uh, ha uh, half uh, HB Studios. HB Studios. HB Studios. They actually acquired them instead of just partnering with them on those games. Yep. There's been lots of interesting developers working on interesting licensed titles. So I thought for tonight's Rank'em, 
we could come up with our dream studio IP combos or pairings, whatever you want to call it. So it'll be what's the developer and what what franchise or IP are they working to build a game out of? It can be a licensed IP. It could be an IP already in game. It can be whatever you want it to be. And we're going to do it rank them style. Haley, you're new around these parts. And for anyone else who is here tuning in for the first time, rank them is our game show where for myself as the host, and have all our other hosts give us a bunch of crazy ideas. I'm going to put them on a list in the way I want the, want to because I'm the host and I can do what I want. And okay. that's how round one's going to go. Uh, round two, they're going to have to uh, convince me why their idea is better than somebody else's idea. The person who created that idea will then get a chance to rebuke. And then uh, I decide if they are going to, if we're going to move things around or not. And I can decide what I want to do, how I want to do it. doesn't really matter. There's no set formula. And then finally, for round three, that's the wild card round. I'll have sat through all these great pitches and all these really interesting ideas, and I get to throw a wrench in it by throwing really terrible ideas or really weird, quirky ideas at my fellow hosts to see if they can figure out how the hell to figure out how my brain works, basically. And then I'll rank those, and then someone will win, and everyone will be happy by the end, except Cozy, probably. Um, I mean, you're typically the person that's really like uh, upset with the results of things, Mitch. Even though you end up winning most of them, uh, yeah, I can't I recall. Say, you're very that is very true. Uh, as the host, I get to just sit back, relax, and and have fun with it. So I really enjoy hosting these things. Um, so let's just get right down to it. Uh, Haley, you are our guest, so I'm going to give you you the advantage of going last. Alex, I'm going to need your first game. Okay. Well. Well, I love this developer. I think that they make exceptional games, and I think they are exceptionally underrated games. Oh, I'm also going to be timing these, by the way. Okay. Uh, it's Arcane. Arcane should make a Bioshock game. If if 2K is bringing Bioshock back, th- th- all those job listings that we've been seeing about it, they seem to be going in the wrong direction. They seem to be being 2K about it. They're trying to monetize it. They're making it an open world game, maybe? Either I way, mean- we don't know. We that don't know what like this a new bad thing. It's not Bioshock. Either way, uh, um, I mean, let's try Bioshock l- Infinite. I... Let let him pitch. Let him yeah. Pitch. Let's let him pitch, and we'll add in our commentary after. Arcane is very much known for. I mean, Arcane. You can see in Dishonored and Prey. You can see the inspirations from both System Shock and Bioshock. I think uh, Arcane does do that kind of l- not open world but like open like you know level where you can kind of go about it your own way i think they do first person storytelling exceptionally well and i think that if they are going to bring bioshock back why not do why not bring in the if ken levine's not going to be involved why not bring the developers that clearly have been doing what ken levine and that studio did really well and honestly in a lot of ways what They've been doing what they want. They've been doing what these previous developers have been doing better because Dishonored Two is phenomenal and Prey's great. All right, Arcane making a Bioshock game. It's the only one on the list. I'll put it at the uh, top. We'll see if it stays there. Yes, because I do want to say there was that news story about how uh, Cloud Chamber, I believe it's called. Uh, yeah, the studio that's that working on the right. new Bioshock. They were recruiting like an open world level designer. I mean. I feel like we can't really pass too much of a judgment yet because there are so many AAA games nowadays that feature open world-esque elements in them without truly being open worlds. Like even The Last of Us Part 2, which had an 
a massive open world segment in downtown Seattle, for example, or something like God of War, which is not an open world game, but enough of an open world game that you'd sort of understand that there. Uh, obviously, though, there are too many unknowns at this point to, you know, be able yeah. to give a solid verdict on whether or not Cloud Chamber will be good or bad for Bioshock, though. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just, totally open just, to the idea. Just, just for clarification. So, yep. for this game, we're ignoring studios are owned by people, right? Yeah, hundred percent. It can be uh, okay. any studio. Okay. Can be any IP. You could have someone making a Mario game that works for like Naughty uh, Dog Microsoft Mario. For, like, uh, okay, can, I just well, I just want clarification. It could, or it could be like um, someone who's not EA making a Star Wars game. It can be whatever you want it to be. Okay. It can be something that isn't even related to games. It can be something totally out of nowhere. You can get your mortal. Can Neil Druckmann Haley, make me a peanut want. butter sandwich? Neil Druckmann uh, will make you whatever you want as long as it's got way too much gray in it. Cozy, mm-hmm. you wanted to add to Alex's Bioshock argument, and for that reason, you're going to go next. So That's please, okay. you've got 90 seconds on the board. Go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start off with not the lesser of my ideas, but the less, uh, I would say, bombastic and crazy. I think uh, that Ready at Dawn, uh, the developer behind Lone Echo, Echo Arena, and uh, The Order 1886, uh, should make a new Dead Space game. Now, I'm largely basing this off of their work on Lone Echo and Echo Arena. Uh, The Order 1886, a very fine game set in the year 1886, but not exactly an outstanding experience. Um, Lone Echo and Echo Arena were some of the most fun I ever had playing video games in VR, and both, I think, really nailed the feel of like floating and fighting and having fun in zero g environments uh, of which are many in the dead space series on top of that uh lone echo was itself already kind of a horror-esque game to begin with it wasn't quite as gruesome and as bloody as dead space on account of the fact that we're primarily playing as a robot but i feel like uh the studio could very easily lend their expertise uh, in creating immersive uh, virtual reality experiences to the Dead Space series if the next Dead Space game were to be a VR title itself. Okay, so then the pitch is actually they're going to make a VR title in the Dead Space universe. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right, I can I can dig it. Um, hmm. I have one concern, though. Mm-hmm. And that's not with, I think the idea is great. I think Ready at Dawn making a Dead Space VR title, fantastic idea. My problems with Ready at Dawn specifically, because they're owned by Facebook. I don't know how I feel about Facebook. I, I mean, we were, can we, can we imagine, can we imagine this hypothetical <laughs> scenario are. that Mark Zuckerberg has a surfboarding accident and they decide <laughs> to close Facebook and they sell Ready at Dawn This whole to situation's hypothetical, so I think that's canon. I'm I'm good yeah. with the hypothetical uh, surfing accident and putting Ready at Dawn's Dead Space VR into our number one spot for now. For right. now, Nathan, All I did right. say that Haley gets the advantage of going last, so I'm going to need your first pitch now. Ninety seconds okay. on the clock, and go. So I thought about this, and Arcane's already taken, so there goes one of my ideas. So I'm going to come to the table with another one. It's going to be Star Wars. But it's going to be a different type of Star Wars game made by the developers of Disco Elysium. Is that Zaum? Is that how you say that? Z-A slash U-M? But it's, I love it. It's a successor to uh, Knights of the Old Republic in terms of gameplay style. 
um, very much text and more thought out about the Star Wars universe and less focus on battle and more focus on the characters and what makes that universe goes well. Very introspective. You could set it at any time period. Maybe it's taking place like after the movies have finished. Um, I don't have that framed in my head yet so far, but I just love the idea of a successor to Knights of the Old Republic that isn't a remake or isn't a rehash and that kind of evolves the formula. And I feel like uh, they evolved the formula at Disco Elysium and I'd like to see them take a stab at something and make something really different that we wouldn't be expecting. Huh. I did not expect Star Wars to go this route. Honestly, I figured Star Wars was going to come up. Um, That's really good. Yeah, I love that idea. People give me shit because I haven't finished KOTOR and I tried to play it earlier this year and I just couldn't. But if they did something this style, I'd probably play it. And for that reason, it's going to number one. That's going to be a hard one to beat, for sure. I'm now just sad that that's not going to be a game. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) All right, finally, Haley, I need your first pitch. Okay, uh, well, I thought a lot earlier when you mentioned what the game was for tonight. Um... Now, I'm a huge fan of Infamous. However, uh, you'll notice this very nice Smallville poster behind me. Uh, There were rumors originally when Smallville was still airing that there would be a game that never came to fruition. However, because Mm. people are constantly of the opinion Superman is not a good good character to make a game out of, why not make a game while he's still growing up and still growing into his powers? So how about a Smallville game made by Sucker Punch? Okay. What, what what's the game going to look like? Because we're used to Sucker Punch yes, doing like the the yeah the city based power things power stuff oh, yeah yeah um so essentially I think it'd be more in line with how Ghost of Shima was like a, a, a smaller open world. Uh, I mean, Infamous one and two weren't exactly small either. I know we're on the clock here. I'm just trying to like visualize. You got time. Yeah. I forgot to hit the button <laughs> fast enough, and you're a guest. You get a little bit more uh, leeway hmm. with the timer. But uh. The way, the way that Smallville as a show works, in case anyone's not familiar, is that each season, Clark earns a new power. So, like, I think that you, he wouldn't get all of his powers in game one. Let's say it's a trilogy of three. So, let's say he gets... X-ray vision, he, heat breath, and his superheroing in, like, game one, right? Act one, two, and three, he gets new powers. Sure. Um, now, of course, because they're big on city like power like cole gets his powers through electricity uh delson got his through neon signs uh, and smoke smoke and, and all concrete that, yeah because yeah. he was he's literally peter petrelli from heroes so <laughs> pretty much um i think the the good way you could do it is put it on a cooldown system because obviously clark's powers are based on the sun so yeah, that's a good way to do it no. shush shush you stop <laughs> all right so, a Sucker Punch developed Smallville game. Mm. I'm with you that no one's really been able to nail the Superman formula in games. And I'm excited to see what um, uh, Rocksteady is able to do with the Suicide Squad. Or wh- what's the name of the. I forget. It's Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad Kill the Justice League. Killed. And my issue with that is I'm already tired of evil Superman. Stop it. That's antithetical <laughs> yeah. to the character. Stop it. There will Always be a reason. I'm sure there, there will be. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's. Some lines, but Starrow. yeah, um, I want to see them do a good Superman game. And I think, like you said, yeah, Superman growing into his powers makes a lot of sense. I think Superboy would have been another way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Smallville works really well as, uh, to that extent as well. Um, and I like 
Superman more than I like Dead Space. So we're going to put it at number two, um, just above Dead Space VR and below the KOTOR successor. All right. So that's that's the first round of this first round. Uh, so we'll go around again twice more, and then we'll get a scoring update. But in the meantime, Alex, I'm going to need your second pitch. Okay, well, I was going to do something with the Superman IP, uh, but I don't think... You snooze, I- you lose. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I think, um, I know this might be the wrong host to do this with, because I know you don't like their games, but I think Rockstar could make a great game in the boys universe. Specifically, because the boys is very much that satirical, like, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, play on the genre type, um, type media. And Rockstar does that so good, especially with Grand Theft Auto and the way that they're very satirical, very kind of cynical about the way that they talk, the way that they do their commentary about stuff. I think, and do it like in the style of Grand Theft Auto 5, where you can switch between characters. You could have maybe play as Homelander, play as Billy Butcher, and they have, they have different gameplay styles. And, the thing is like you need if you want to do a big superhero open world game you're going to need a budget and who has money than rockstar rockstar can do whatever the fuck they want they do character great and i think that like all of these pillars are why rockstar would be able to do this and do this successfully Mm -hmm. specifically and i think like you can add in as many of these types of characters as you want you could have you know um i can't remember yeah i can't yeah, like Starlight, uh, Starlight, yes, yeah, like any of these characters could have really interesting gameplay the styles, deeps, and all guilt. of it has kind of already been like all of these like sort of gameplay styles have already been sort of sprinkled in Grand Theft Auto a little bit, and they could like if they took their time and really like went all in on like let's develop flying mechanics that are fun and satisfying let's you know have underwater stuff because like they had the underwater submarine but that wasn't like great and they had the underwater like um you know uh a deep sea diver suit um in grand theft auto 5 so it's like they have some of these things they've they've played around with it and if they wanted to they could go all in on making a really great game and i think that just like you know the rockstar writing would would do the boys justice uh you were right to say that i'm not a huge fan of um rockstar i don't think they make games i mean for me personally they don't make games that i enjoy um but i'm i'm curious why rockstar and not the developers behind the fucking game i can't remember the one with the superpowers saints row that was like a G- saints prototype why not that developer? i think i i like visceral and i like saints row but i think that rockstar open world games specifically grand theft auto 5 has like some of the like it just feels so good compared to and this specifically grand theft auto 5 i know people don't like the way that red dead feels i disagree but grand theft auto 5 hits different and i think that like if they wanted to they could make something really really strong where i think saints row 4 did a great job with the movement stuff but it you know i i don't think that saints row is too outlandish in its comedy to i think and a visceral just in general is too outlandish in the way that they go about doing it Sorry, that i mean, think it would do, do the volition oh volition yes you're right uh thank you for that correction yeah volition i think volition is i think volition would do the story an in injustice and that's why i just like 
I think Rockstar is just like from a writing perspective is the strongest contender and then they can I think they can do the mechanics you know I think they can do the mechanics uh, justice as well but I think from a writing perspective it's really important to nail that tone and Rockstar already kind of does that with Grand Theft Auto I think this is great um, I don't for me again it, it's hard to it's hard to look at this without looking at the developer because it's you know yeah. developer with the IP I think it's a great pairing I just don't think Rockstar is great so yeah, I'm gonna put I it number this, three I'm, I'm this, sorry yeah. I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry that's, that's fair I just I feel like I would enjoy the Superman or the KOTOR successor more so than I would a game from Rockstar yeah. just. there we go uh, so it's going to go at number three, just above Dead Space VR uh, and below the Smallville game from Sucker Punch. All right, Cozy, hit me with your next pick. Uh, all right, let's get into this. Uh, this is, you're probably going to have huge question marks above your heads after I say this one. I'm just going to power through. I think that Deck Nine, uh, the developer behind Life is Strange Before the Storm and Life is Strange True Colors, um should make a uh, Metroid game. So here's the thing. Uh, I love the Metroid series very, very much. Um, but I do think that a problem that the Metroid series has, especially in the year 2021, is that the universe of Metroid is not particularly rich in terms of lore. It's very, very kind of basic and simplistic uh, to the point that I feel like you could kind of summarize the current state of the series and easily fit it into like an NES instruction booklet. Uh, and so the problem, right, is that a lot of Metroid fans, you know, argue fairly that like it doesn't really make sense to do a super, you know, story intensive Metroid game. They tried to do it with Other M and obviously that didn't really kind of work out super well. You really want Metroid games to allow you, the player, and Samus Aran uh, plenty of room to just sort of breathe and take in the scenery and bizarre alien environments in and around you uh, and not load on the lore. But you need lore to make the adventures that you go on feel meaningful. And so basically, this hypothetical Deck Nine Metroid game would serve the same purpose as something like, say, Tales from the Borderlands, where Tales from the Borderlands offered a more kind of intimate and uh, kind of narrative-rich uh, Borderlands-like experience that served to set up events in subsequent future Borderlands games. Uh, uh, and basically, uh, this Metroid game would do much of the same thing. Uh, I also think that, like, you know, like I said, Metroid Other M didn't do, the, didn't do so hot by the Metroid series, but... I still feel like, you know, there is a lot of ripe opportunity in exploring Samus Aran as a character, exploring her backstory, and exploring the other bounty hunters that inhabit the Metroid universe that unfortunately have not gotten many appearances outside of a couple of other games in the series. Um, and so, you yeah. You are well over time, sir. I mean, Alex is also well over time as well. No, he wasn't. I had the timer going. Was he? I feel like he's talked for like we five had a bit years. of a conversation. We had a bit it of a conversation a afterwards. That's my now. fault. That's my fault. Um, but I'm gonna have to cut you off there, cozy. I apologize. Just trying to keep it. As I didn't have as anything more to. I didn't have anything more to say. So it's okay. Perfect. You have time. me at Tales from the Borderlands. Not gonna lie, that comparison's great. It, it's a good comparison. I agree. I don't feel like Metroid as a series is. I I, I don't feel like it needs that story blowout. 
in a way that Borderlands kind of set itself up in a universe to expand out. Whereas Metroid is you're this badass bounty hunter just doing badass bounty hunter things against pirates and dragons and shit. See, but um, I feel like that that kind of proves my point. Like it it doesn't make sense to me that in the year 2021, Samus Aran's like number one enemy are quote unquote the space pirates. Like I feel like you for for a you know triple a sci-fi you know action survival adventure metroidvania game to really succeed you need the enemy factions the overall narrative the the kind of lore of whatever you're venturing through to be just a little bit more well thought out than just that agree to disagree um i don't i don't think metroid is the the series that needs that sort of emphasis personally that's just that's just me uh so it's going to go in at number six right at the bottom of the list when i was conceptualizing this idea i put zelda as the other alternative idea because zelda would have been a really good one honestly Hmm. i I think it could have been good as well but i I still stand by metroid i think i know metroid would benefit from it you you feel like there's a lot of wasted potential in that series, and in essence, I do agree with you. I just don't I don't think that this is the way to tell the Metroid story personally, um, and it's my list. So sorry, cozy Nathan. I'm going to need your next pitch. Okay, I'm going through my list here. I've got so many weird combinations. Um, okay, weird is so good. I love the WWE games, but let's be honest, there hasn't been a great WWE game in years. They tried something different with Battlegrounds this year, and like you played a little bit of Battlegrounds, not a great game. Like it's it's oh nope. like it barely treads the water. So I thought, who would be the dream pairing studio to do a WWE game that's just off the wall and crazy? WWE by Netherrealm. You have Ooh. a Mortal Kombat esque, oh, character driven story game featuring the wrestlers. Um, and if you go back in time to WWE WrestleMania Arcade Edition. It was like a 2D sprite fighting game that was very similar to Mortal Kombat where they all had flashy moves. So it gives NetherRealm a chance to flex their muscles a little bit and do something a little bit more maybe different than 2D combat directly. Uh, Noob's... uh, Ed um, um, Ed Boon's been um, teasing a new Def Jam Vendetta-style game for a while. But what if we took that and put that in the WWE universe? And had him write this, had them write this crazy story that featured crazy moves, um, that could just be a lot of fun, and we know it would be good. Uh, it is not good because this game exists. Would what? you be surprised for me to tell you that in 2015, NetherRealm Studios released WWE Immortals for mobile? Huh. The plot thickens. <laughs> this exists. Well, hold that on a second. Is, that is uh, wild. Let's look up footage of this. Netherrealm WWE made that? Immortals. Netherrealm Studios paired with Phosphor Game Studios. The game was published by, w, by WB um, for Android and iOS in January 2015. And the game was shut down in 2019. I can't uh, believe this exists. Oh, this looks like the this kind of looks like the Injustice mobile game. Yeah, very much so. That um, might have been where they got the style for in the Injustice Two mobile game. Oh my god! I think I feel like they, the Injustice Two mobile mobile game might have come before. 
before this? Okay, well, not like this. This looks they put, terrible. They put Johnny Cage uh, in it. It's because it is terrible. <laughs> um, but just given the fact that this combination already exists and no one knows about it, it's going immediately going to the bottom of the list. Oh, shit. Uh. Sorry, Nathan. I thought it was I a should good not try. have gone to Wikipedia, but this exists for some reason. All right, Haley, I need your next pick. This is technically cheating, I think, because uh, they've already worked on a game like this. It's fine. You're the guest. You're allowed to cheat. I just have to get Nathan shit. Uh, what? Th- th- this th- this one is, is on behalf of my best friend. I want Obsidian to get the Fallout license back. Uh, Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite Fallout games. Uh, I'm a big Fallout fan. If you can't tell, I have the wall map for Fallout 4 on my wall. Um, but uh, I love the way that New Vegas did the story uh, in that it was for like the competing factions. You couldn't side with all of them like you could in Fallout 4. Of course, Fallout 4 will funnel you to a point where you have to choose. But New Vegas will literally lock you out from the start. I want either a continuation of that story because it's left pretty open-ended the way New Vegas goes or a brand new story somewhere else in the United States, of course, because it's a satirical look at like post-apocalyptic America. Um, I think definitely like a Texas-style fallout or New Orleans maybe even. A lot of like swamp area uh, would work. Uh, Of course, Obsidian had the same mechanics as Fallout 3 uh, for New Vegas, but I think if they could get their hands on, uh, you know, the creation engine again, they could do the same style as Fallout 4. I don't know. I just think it'd be very interesting to see Obsidian take another shot at the Fallout license. Isn't 76 set in New Orleans? No, it's set in Appalachia, which is like 75 miles from D.C. West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. yeah. That's why they use that song. West Virginia. Every time I hear that song now, I can think of Mark Strong and Kim, in uh, in Kingsman. Kingsman Golden sing, Circle. Yeah. yeah, such a good movie. Also, that's um, that's so weird that he sings that and then explodes. Spoilers. Okay, I apologize. Um, that's okay, but the fact that you brought up one of my favorite movies ever is going to bump this up on the list just because I said so. Because um, I should be sticking to what I said to Nathan of developer working on an IP should uh, put it to the bottom. I think I'm going to put this um, – it's not going to go much higher than Nathan's, unfortunately. That's it's fine. Go at number six, above Metroid, but below Arcane Studios doing Bioshock. Hmm. Okay. And we get into the last bit of round one. Alex, I need your final pick for round one. All right. Well – I was going to do Nether Realm, but this has gotten stolen from me as well. Um, but I'm actually kind of glad it did because I want to bring up, you know, a character from the Marvel Universe who means a lot to me. One who has been Squirrel rather Girl. unrepresented. Uh, that would be a great game. But Doctor Strange and Remedy. Because, like, of course. Control is so much, it's so weird and wild, and it does, like, all of the moving stuff that, like, you saw that was actually conceptualized in the Doctor Strange movie with the environment moving, and they 
surprisingly did great like flying floating mechanics you have a lot of like different types of powers that you've gotten to see so really like control is a great framework for what a doctor strange game could be you just turn up the crazy visuals to like you turn that dial up like 50 percent crazier than what was already in control and you would have great it would be great and i would love if they did like you know remedies um use of live action that could you know play into not just the not just to remedy style but to like the you know the way the mind fuckiness of doctor strange and how you know you could show like these different universes and show it like have the different uh live action to animation and it could just be great and i think the way that uh remedy does story it would do doctor strange justice and i feel like doctor strange is one of those characters that isn't represented as much especially in the video game scene like as much as he probably should be or could be because there's so much potential he's in the lego games yeah he is i mean in the he's, LEGO games. he's in a lot of the team-up games but like he's not that big of a player in any of them there's a reason i wore my marvel hoodie tonight because i needed someone to suggest something marvel and alex is the one who did it so remedies doctor strange games going to number one yes. wow that's a pretty <sighs> i mean i had to play to my audience after the last two <laughs> It was a good pick. It it's just, you know. I mean, look at the top three. You've got Marvel, Star Wars, and DC. Uh, like, I have a type. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Cozy, what's your next pitch? Okay. Uh, so, you know, many people oftentimes, uh, you know, talk about, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if we got a Pokemon game made by someone other than the Pokemon company? Because, you know, the Pokemon company, a great studio. Uh, sorry. Hold on. Let me backtrack for a second here. And a Pokemon yeah, game I haven't made started the other timer than. Yet. You're good. Other than Game Freak, uh, the Pokemon yeah. company is a larger company controlling Game Freak and all its assets and whatnot. Because uh, Game Freak, you know, a great renowned studio, but obviously, you know, they're limited by time, budget, and resources. They can't create these, you know, amazing cinematic experiences that uh, many other studios uh, across the industry can offer. Uh, and that's why today I'm going to be suggesting, and I'm really glad that Alex Pellant is not here for this, uh, a Tetsuya Nomura uh, at Square Enix-led Pokemon game. Now, there are actually a number of reasons why I would recommend this. Um, you know, there are studios like, for example, Remedy Entertainment or uh, Naughty Dog, which could create a really cinematic feeling, modern looking Pokemon game. But as seen with Final Fantasy VII Remake, I don't feel like any of them could really do so in an aggressively and unashamedly anime-like fashion. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura and his team at Square Enix can totally do so. And on top of that, uh, you know, as we all know from the Kingdom Hearts series, Tetsuya Nomura is no stranger to all sorts of crazy, zany narrative choices. I've often wished for a Pokemon game where you get to travel back in time and like go to like one of the older Pokemon era eras, like the red and blue era, where everything is in black and white or grayscale, and Given that we already have evidence of Tetsuya Nomura doing that in the Kingdom Hearts series, there's a brief segment in two where you travel back to like the Steamboat Willy era. Uh, I feel like we could totally get that out of this game, which is something that nobody in particular is calling for except for me, but it's something that gets me really excited. So that's why Tetsuya Nomura and Square Enix should make this Pokemon game. What would combat look like, Cozy? Are we going action RPG? 
Or yes, it would be an action determined? RPG. I uh, I didn't get this into my initial argument, but like... No, Kingdom keep Hearts, going, keep going. You know, Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, one thing that makes those games really cool is that uh, you can set it up so that you can complete the entire game on just level one, and that really kind of puts your skills to the test. And so I'm envisioning in my head a action uh, Pokemon RPG where you can like deliberately restrict yourself using in-game menu settings, and it makes the game become as technical as possible in the same way that, you know, the actual Pokemon games can also become equally technical if you should show choose to restrict you know the way in which you play the game how much you level up your pokemon what pokemon you collect how many pokemon you collect etc etc i feel like both game freak and tetsuya nomura have shown a similar eye for such experiences and good examples of such experiences okay this one's tough because i love final fantasy 7 i love kingdom hearts and i love pokemon I just don't know how it comes together. Like, I'm I'd like to point out that Final, Final Fantasy thirteen two is essentially a Pokemon game. Really? That's right. Yeah, you can like recruit monsters in that game. Yeah, I don't. And they fight but, along. But, you have two main party members, and you recruit monsters that fight alongside you. It is worth pointing See, out I, though that I don't believe that Tetsuya Nomura had a huge part in that game's creation. No. He, he was uh, in charge of like a lot of the character designs for the Thirteen trilogy, but he was like adamantly, adamantly against okay. the gameplay to the point that that's why he created Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen because he's like, I'm going to do my own version of this series. Yeah. And we know how I, that ended up. I, I love the idea of finding another developer to work on Pokemon. I think Square could do a good job. I just worry that the complexities of Square's systems might degrade a bit of what that Pokemon charm of what really makes it unique, makes it special. But I do really think this is a great idea. So I think I'm going to put it in at number three, above Smallville from Sucker Punch, but oh. below uh, Zaum doing a KOTOR successor. Nathan, I need your final pick for round one. I'll take it. Okay. Um... This one's going to be a little bit off the wall, but it's one of my favorite TV shows ever. So Don't Nod, who have proven that they can handle teens really well in different situations and um, how they'd react and have really good storytelling and great music mixed with The O.C. Television's The O.C. telling a narrative story about, um, and this would be a direct sequel to the ending of the original O.C., um, taking place nowadays in which the titular character or not titular, that's not the correct term, but Ryan who grew up as the kid yeah, in the yeah, OC the, yeah, um, the takes in a child from the Ron side of the street. And then it parallels his own, which is a reference right at the end of the finale and parallels his own journey. Um, Alon will bring the original cast members back and having, cause the OC was not only good at capturing the lives of the younger people, but the lives, the doing compelling adults as well. That's one of its strongest points. It had a good teen crew, but it had a good adult cast as well. And they tell a narrative story with no powers, nothing like that, but a narrative story about a kid trying to fit in from the wrong side of the tracks in this uber competitive world that now has social media and all these different um things that wasn't there before and i think the tr the hook of the game would be this instead of like a power would be the use of social media in the game i'm still not quite sure how that works 100 percent, but that would be a huge um part of it um and it's really uh, i i forgot to set my timer so i'm gonna have to call it shortly you got one more point you can make and then we'll move on 
Okay, I just think it'd be a really good combination. They tell great um, stories about teenagers. The OC was a great show for three of four seasons um, and has a lot of ground that they could recover there. Sorry, I just have to ask before we move on. The OC is that show that SNL did the skit where... Uh, the Californians. Andy Sam- no, the uh, Andy Samberg, oh, what's the his shooting name and whatnot. One. They all shoot each other from, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, okay. yep, that's yeah. that. Um, I love this, honestly. Um, I I don't often admit it, but a lot of these shows got a lot of play in our house when I was younger, so they, they do hold a special place. My sister was addicted to most of these kind of shows. I think Don't Knock could do something very interesting with this story, either continuing it or telling something along the side, similarly to what we got from Telltale's Game of Thrones, even though that was kind of, you know, mediocre. Um I'm I'm really digging this idea. I and I don't like Rockstar, so it's gonna go at number five, above Rockstar Games, The Boys, but below Sucker Punch doing a Smallville game. Cool. Now, Don't Nod recently has talked about how they kind of want to move on from Life is Strange. Now they haven't said we're moving on entirely from adventure game style experiences, but do you feel like that kind of puts a snag in your pitch, Nathan, or do you still have kind of faith that? If given the opportunity, they would show up in full force. I think if they hypotheticals, yeah, it, it, that's a lot of hypotheticals there. But yeah, I mean, like they've got a new Life is Strange coming out now. I think it essentially be a different Life is Strange, but with uh, like one of the. I was debating back and forth whether I would go with the OC or Veronica Mars for this because I think both have unique stories this, that could be told. This was. This was your better choice because I know nothing about Veronica Mars. So this okay. was the right, this was the right call. Mars or the OC. So I got no All right, idea. final. All right, Haley, your last pitch around one. Let's get to it. Okay, hi. You kind of referenced this earlier, but uh, yeah, hi. Other tattoo. Uh, Mortal Instruments, Shadowhunters. Uh, I think Naughty Dog could do a great story for, for that series. Um, obviously, uh, not, not, what my, not what you would expect when thinking of a Shadowhunters video game. You'd kind of expect an RPG thing. I think a great narrative story in the Shadowhunters universe would work. Uh, whether you're sorry, interact- I, missed, I missed. Sorry, Haley, I missed the developer. I got distracted. But oh, Naughty Dog the- and uh, Naughty Dog. Okay, Naughty Dog and Shadowhunters. Um, or the universe the is technically the Mortal Instruments. Yeah. Um, whether you're interacting with the original cast of characters or characters from the prequels or whatnot, I think Naughty Dog could do a great narrative story, uh, showcasing uh, whether you're a mundane coming into that universe or you're a shadow hunter from birth right give you the option and then the rest of the story is a linear like hey linear action-based game with sort of like the open world elements from last of us 2 but not like not like fully open world um areas to explore of course combat would be a big part of it uh guns don't really play a part in the last of us uh sorry in shadow hunters uh they really only work against vampires uh, don't ask uh, i can't explain uh i think it'd be a great chance it's for naughty weird yeah i i think it would be a great chance for naughty dog to uh enhance their melee combat design um because swords bows all of that stuff plays a huge part in the mortal instruments and i just love to see a developer do the series justice because uh, we had a movie, which wasn't exactly great. We had a great TV show, and then it just got canceled. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm a sucker for uh, for Shadowhunters. Those books were a staple in our house when I was younger. Um, I don't know if Naughty Dog is the right pairing. At least, like, uh, I don't know. 
Um, I really do. Oh, shit. Every time my alarm goes off from that stupid timer, it freaks me the hell out. <laughs> um, I feel like it's a good choice. I think there might be other IPs be better paired with Naughty Dog. I feel like there might be better developers to pair with Shadowhunters. And for that reason, I'm going to put it in at number seven for now, mm-hmm. um, which is above the Dead Space VR title, but below Rockstar Games, The mm-hmm. Boys. So to catch you up, our scoring goes like this. There have been 12 game pairings so far. Uh, only the top 10 score points, so that's all I'm going to read. So at number 10, we have Obsidian doing another Fallout from Haley. Number 9, we have Arcane doing a Bioshock game from Alex. At number 8, we have Ready at Dawn doing Dead Space VR from Cozy. Number 7 is Naughty Dog's Shadowhunters from Haley. Number 6 is Rockstar Games doing a game in the boys' universe from Alex. Number 5 is Don't Nods the OC from Nathan. Number 4 is Smallville from Sucker Punch from Haley. At number 3, we have the Tetsuya Nomura directed Pokemon game from Square Enix from Cozy. Yeah, Alex, you missed a lot when you stepped away. No, I heard two, it. Don't worry. Okay. At number two, we have the developer of Disco Elysium uh, building a KOTOR successor, which was from Nathan. And at number one, we have Remedy building a Doctor Strange game from Alex. Currently, that puts Alex in the lead, but just barely above Nathan and Cozy, or Nathan and Haley, sorry. Cozy just a little bit behind there. At this point, it's anyone's game. And I'm going to throw a wrench in this whole thing with round two because I can, because it's my game. Rather than picking or rather than arguing that one of your uh, pairings is better than somebody else's, I want you to take somebody else's IP or the developer and give me a better pitch for either that IP or developer using a different IP or developer. Does that make sense? So like Alex, no, you said sure. you had an idea for Nether Realms, you could take Nether Realms. Yeah, or if you okay, had a better idea it. of who would work on BioShock, you could take BioShock. I'll do my best to try to keep it even. So if if uh someone steals from somebody, they can't be stolen from again. So eventually it'll it'll all kind of even out. It's going to be weird. It's the first time we're doing it. Thank you for putting up with my BS. So let's try to get this to work based on the standings cozy. You're pulling up the rear, so I'm going to ask you to go first. Have your pick of anyone else's developer or IP and give me a pitch that's better than their pitch with either a different developer or a different IP. Uh, Have your pick of the board. Yeah, which is great. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, Am I on the clock right now, by the way? Not until you tell me who the developer is and what the game is, because I threw this at you guys at the last minute. I'll give you a little more time to think. Um, so yeah, you can take any of the IPs. I'll fill air while Cozy thinks. Pick any of the IPs. So let's say you had a better idea for Fallout or WWE. You could take that, but give a different developer. And I'll compare the two pitches and decide who gets the game or who gets the spot and where I put it on the list. It'll also move on the list. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Uh... Okay. As long as everyone gets the rules. Sure. Okay, you know what? And and, and this is going to sound like I'm tugging at your heartstrings, uh, Mitch, considering that... Please do. That's what recently, this game is about. Pander to the host, baby. Considering that uh, you recently um, did a podcast about this, but I'm going to pitch you on a uh, Naughty Dog hold, game. Hold on a second. Before, before you do that, what the hell is this? What? Um... Nintendo just posted a trailer for a game called Super Animal Royale. What? Do we want to watch it? 
No, this looks really weird. I'm sorry I distracted us. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, sorry, Cozy, go ahead. Uh, okay, uh, I, I still do want to watch that trailer, but I don't think it's a first-party game. I think it was an indie game. I should Got point it. out, I can't like I'm watching the, like the your stream for us. I I can't really read the spreadsheet, so don't don't okay. worry about it. All it's okay. Uh, if you want to, uh, I mean, for the feature, for future episodes, I can make a point of zooming in a little bit more. Uh, I, I think it's I, more so the the quality. I'll I'll drop it somewhere for you to read it, Haley. Just okay, I yeah, because yeah. I have trouble remembering oh, yeah, what, what everyone said. So sure, you can also yeah, like. No uh, well, I don't believe I have it up at the moment. You can also watch the stream when it's up there to check it out. Uh, okay, I, again, I can't have Twitch open while we're recording. Right. No worries. Sorry. I'll, I'll get it for Haley while Cozy pitches. I completely forgot about that. I, uh, okay. I also need access to that document to see it. So <laughs> hold on, I'm working on it. It's okay. okay. This gives me more time to think. You should be able to see pitch. the document now. Okay, Cozy pitch. Okay, uh, my pitch is a, a Naughty Dog developed game uh, based on the Wally universe. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, what does Wally by Naughty Dog look like, Cozy? <laughs> so like the thing is is that I know it's super easy to kind of associate uh Naughty Dog with you know dark ready experiences, what with them having done, you know, um The Last of Us Part 2 and Uncharted 4, which was definitely the darkest Uncharted game most recently. But like you know, the people at Naughty Dog are not opposed to just creating narrative rich experiences that are you know don't depend on an inherent sort of darkness to be entertaining the people at night dog just want to tell good ass stories and you know we all know that pixar makes good ass stories and i feel like we can all agree that a lot of the pixar video games of yesteryear have not been that great and so the They've way i terrible. see it you know why not take uh, a beloved Pixar movie from Pixar's golden era, Wall-E, and why not hand it off to a developer like Naughty Dog to make a emotional experience that will really tug on your heartstrings? You know, one of the great things about Wall-E is that segment at the beginning of the movie where there is very, 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 very little in the way of spoken dialogue. And if you recall, uh, in Uncharted Two, there's a segment where Nate and I believe his name is Tenzin are going through an ice cave together. And what made that experience particularly memorable is the fact that Nate and Tenzin can't really interact with each other. They can't really, you know, have quips and, you know, talk really in depth about their surroundings. So much of the meaningfulness of that particular segment just comes from Nate and Tenzin, you know, figuring out how to work together without really speaking to each other. And so based on that, I feel like Naughty Dog could really uh, nail a Wally game. That's it. That's it. What's the game? <laughs> it is a. I mean, it, is it a it's walking like one sim because that's what Wally was. Yeah. It, how to how to Wally. like? It's Wally. like an adventure, an action adventure yeah. game. It, it's an action adventure game. I would say with an emphasis on like puzzle solving more so than combat. Like it's like it's one of those experiences where like it. There is, like, combat in the sense that, like, you can, like, push and shove things around, but it is not a particularly violence-oriented game. See, I think you're missing out. I, I want to see what Wally can do with that laser. I mean, I brought that up multiple times on YYZ Video, which you can go check out now on YouTube and podcast services everywhere. Um, good idea, tugging at my Pixar heartstrings. 
um, why the hell Wally with Naughty Dog? <laughs> Literally, almost any other Pixar movie that involves because, some sort of action would have worked. But well, I think I'm going to leave I explain. it. As I it think is. that Naughty Dog, you know, they did that great segment in Uncharted Two where they created a really meaningful, you know, uh, player experience of Nathan Drake interacting with this character that he can't talk with. And I feel like if there's any developer that knows how to do a, you know if there's any developer in the world that knows how to really kind of endear you to a character without dialogue in that kind of fashion, I feel like it's Naughty Dog. I'm leaving the list as it is. Haley, you can continue to own Naughty Dog as a developer. Okay. Um, And Shadowhunters as a franchise. So now that Haley has been targeted with this steal, Haley, you can no longer be targeted by another player. Um, Actually, no. How's that going to work now? Because it didn't steal. Yeah, Uh, if they don't steal, it's not even out. Yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, I will figure it out eventually, um, but I'll do it as we go. For now, Haley, you were targeted, so you go next. Okay. Uh, sorry, I don't look at the list here. Uh, You're good. I so I think the boys could could actually no. Sorry, I don't know. Um, that's okay. Take your time. What were you gonna say, Alex? Oh, just for clarification, it can either be the developer or the franchise, and yep. then you reconfigure it? Okay, cool. Yeah, you pick a different developer or franchise to go with the one that you're picking from somebody else. Got it. Okay, so I can't pick the franchise that's already been... Well, Sorry. no, no, so you, you go go to the list, you pick any of those franchises or any of those developers, mm-hmm. and suggest either a different franchise or a different developer to go with that. Pick. Okay, uh, Rockstar Games... Sorry, I know this okay. doesn't really help you. Uh, That's okay. Give me the pitch. Um, Rockstar Games, I definitely think that uh, I want them. Uh, I, I want them to... All right. What's the game? I, I just want to make sure I'm getting your rules right. So I picked a developer. I need to pitch a different game now, right? If a, a different, different IP. Franchise, yeah. Any, if you, any, if you're any struggling, IP franchise across media. If yeah. you're struggling to figure out what it should be, just look around your room because I chose Wally because I looked to the side of me and there's like a DVD for Up and I'm like, I don't know about a <laughs> Naughty Dog up. up game. No, yeah. I don't. Uncharted I don't really feel like that would worked out. Basically Up. Exactly. Okay. That would have been no. the number one <laughs> spot. I'm telling no, you. No, I feel like it, people would just gonna... compare it to Uncharted and people would never be able to really appreciate Up for all its merits. I if would Naughty appreciate Dog Up. <laughs> I appreciate Up very much. Here we go ahead. Uh, this is gonna this is gonna make me the odd one out here. I want Rockstar Games to tackle Riverdale. <laughs> okay. Interesting. What, what's the game look like? What's it? What, uh, what are we doing? A satirical take on the already satirical Riverdale. Because I swear, I swear to God, if no one here is well, I mean, I'm sure one of you has in passing. Uh, huge Archie comics fan. Um, I in fact have two Riverdale posters in my bedroom. Uh, actually, um, Rip Luke Perry. Um, Riverdale's great in that it jumps the shark in like episode three and then just keeps jumping the shark. And I think Rockstar Games could definitely do that because I swear Rockstar, uh, jumped the shark with Nico Bellic in like episode in GTA four when he's like in the museum there with like the Trinity achievement where like, uh, the only time in the game where Nico, uh, Luis and, uh, Johnny, uh, interact with each other. Sorry, I can't see that because I have the thing. You're over. under a minute. Sorry. Okay, under cool. Um, I, I definitely think that they could handle like the bizarreness of Riverdale and just make it even more satirical. Uh, that That's all I got pretty much. 
Okay. I don't even have to wait for the timer then. Um, I like the idea of Rockstar doing the boys more so than I do like them doing Riverdale. So I'm going to leave it the way it is. That's fine. Uh, so Alex, you Very are also safe. Um, maybe. Actually, how's this? I think, okay, now that we're getting towards the end of this, I think how I'm going to make it work now is we've got Alex left to pitch and Nathan left to pitch. Alex, you have to pick one of Nathan's IPs or franchises. Per- Nathan, you'll Damn have, it. you'll have the you'll have the pick of anybody. Okay. But if you get the steal, I'm going to give them your lowest pick by default. Oh, that's fine. My which lowest pick is which would be a zero. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm I, fine with that. All right, you know what? Alex, what was it going to be? My my pick was going to be Cozy's Metroid and I was going to put it with Bungie. No, I need oh, I was actually pick Co- Cozy's game. I was going to say, I didn't make Cozy available to be picked on, so... Sorry, what, what franchise did you say you were going to do? Metroid and Bungie. Metroid and Bungie, and... Um, and, well, oh no, so you weren't going to take... You were going to take Metroid, you weren't going to take... What were you going to take, Nathan? Uh, I was going to take uh, Ready at Dawn. And they would do... Buffy. Yeah, I want Metroid from Bungie more than I want Buffy to come from Ready at Dawn. Go ahead, Alex, with your uh, your pitch of Metroid from Bungie. Okay, well, Bungie, uh, back in their heyday with Halo and Marathon, they make great linear first-person shooter games uh, that have a lot of story in the gameplay. They do gunplay better than most other first-person shooter developers. I think uh, Metroid is... I'm, though I, you know, we don't know what Metroid Prime 4 is going to be, I would love to see a Metroid, like, do first-person Metroid and do it in a studio that really loves first-person shooters. I think Bungie is... Um, I think that they're starting to get tired of Destiny a little bit, and I would love to see them do something new. And they do sci-fi, fantasy-type stuff really well. De- uh, Destiny, Bungie, or Destiny and Halo are both great examples of the way that they do that. And I think that they can do expansive universe lore as well as having a good, cohesive mainline story so it's like if your fans want to dig deep they can dig as deep as they want and they'll never find a bottom and but if you want to just be a casual fan and just enjoy the main story presented to you you'll get enough satisfaction from there um and i think that they you know i think with uh what they've done with destiny and the uh the raids specifically the way that they do puzzles i think it could be a really interesting combo to give metroid this kind of new life um i just want to say so like go ahead chronologically uh as of the the live broadcast of this episode we have not yet recorded our episode in which we share our thoughts on halo (laughs) one so i'm not gonna like really get into them right now but if you like if the only game from bungie's you know gameography that you presented me was halo one as evidence of why they should be handed the metroid ip I don't think I would take them up on the offer, but but it's but it's and not though. I'm talking about know, the entire know, Halo franchise know, and marathon. I know, and, and that's and, and that's Destiny totally too. fair, and that's totally fair. I'm just saying that in the position that I'm in in this moment here of in course, time, of having only yeah, played Halo course. One, I'm listening to this pitch and like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> but I understand uh, that you're talking about the entire Halo library, and I totally understand that. And Destiny, and Destiny, we will get into Halo on another day. Uh, I like this idea of a Metroid game more so than I do like the idea of a Deck 9 Metroid game. So I'm going to put Bungie with Metroid. 
Mm. And I'm going to put it. Oh, I guess that doesn't. That doesn't really give me points. But I'm going to put it. Remember, I said the things are going to move. Right. 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 I'm going to put it at number seven. Is where I want to oh. put it. Uh, above Shadowhunters, but below the boys. I'll take it. Yeah. In honor of John one one seven. Exactly. See, Cozy's getting it. Cozy's getting. Yeah, I played uh, that game. And for that reason, I will just by default <laughs> give. Uh, actually, we'll I'll sort it out at the end. We'll figure out what uh, Cozy's, where Cozy's name goes at the end to make sure everything ends up all even. Everyone's got picks. Nathan, what are you going to steal? Where are you stealing from? Who can I steal from again? You can steal from anybody. I'm opening it back up. I made stupid rules. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Whatever you want within the context of pick an IP or pick a developer and give me a different pitch with that IP or that developer. Okay. Um, I'm going to suggest a Naughty Dog game in the universe of Up. <laughs> no, fuck that. I gave that as a, I said that would automatically go to number one. That's after the fact. That's cheating. No, that's collusion. Let, let him. Let him do that. No, it's fine. No, I'm okay I need with something it. Different, Nathan. Okay, you cannot okay, okay. use the same developer that's already been picked or lame IP. No double okay. dips. Go. Um, let's do. Sorry, I'm looking at my old list and seeing how I can retrofit some of this in here. Um, you know what? Fuck it. <gasps> that's the spirit. Oh, yeah. Let's do an obsidian. Mario game. Okay, what does an Obsidian Mario game look like? Um, so it's a narrative, a strong narrative tale that features you going through the Mushroom Kingdom and doing a lot of side quests to eventually figure out how to save the princess. And none of these side quests are related to actually saving the princess. It's just things you do on the way to your adventure that help you get to that point. And you meet crazy characters and you get to explore all the realm of the Mushroom Kingdom that we wouldn't normally see. Um, and what you, it's basically like a Mario RPG on drugs where they focus on character development and the denizens of the Mushroom Kingdom. And you can bring back characters from every Mario franchise and sprinkle them through. Whether it's Mario Teaches Typing or Mario's Time Machine. Um, or you want to bring in Luigi's Mansion, we can bring in Luigi's Mansion into it. And you can talk to Dr. Egad. It basically will be the culmination, it'll be the Infinity War of Mario. Everything's led up to this moment. <laughs> and it brings everything from the Mario universe together into one shot that Obsidian goes through. And you eventually save the princess. But then the trick is, when you get to the end... She didn't need saving. She figured it out on her own, and you just wasted your time. You left, and she came back ten wow. minutes later. Okay, how you didn't have did you, you didn't have me until the end of that? And I, the end of it sold it in a way I, I never how, expected. It to. How did you not bring up South Park and the fact that they made that game, and that's essentially like the formula that they you know took from Paper Mario. There's so many references you could have made here about how Obsidian would be very qualified. I like the pick. I just, I'm, you know, I know you're on the spot. Okay, so I'm actually going to give that to Nathan. Sorry, Haley. And it's going to go at number nine, above Ready at Dawn's Dead Space VR, but below Shadowhunters. Ooh. Um, and what I'm going to do sense. in, uh, based on how this went, I'm going to give Netherrealm from WWE to Haley and Arcane 
to cozy to balance things out. Those aren't worth points, so unfortunately, no score there. Um, as it is, going to the last round, Cozy and Haley are tied for third with three points. Alex and Nathan are both tied for first. So this last round is going to make or break it. And these are going to be lightning round. I'm going to give you right. an IP and a, a studio. You're going to have 60 seconds to give me Ooh. your pitch because we're running out of time. And uh, that's going to be it. I'm going to start with um, our guest of honor tonight, Haley. And I'm going to say, um, Haley. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just want, why. sorry. Yeah, I ju- just want clarification. You're gonna give us yes. an IP. Uh, let me go to someone else first. I'm gonna give you everything, and you gotta pitch what I give you. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm gonna let you go last because you're our guest, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it to you because that's only fair. Our other hosts are gonna have to pick a number between one and nine. And I'm going to start with Cozy, because he's pulling up the rear with Haley. Uh, give me a number between one and nine. Co- or actually, no, that IP is picked. Um, that, I think, is the only one on my list that has overlap. That's insane. Okay, so wow. one to eight, Cozy. Only one, and it was Pokemon. Everything else on my list is different than what you guys gave me. So, Cozy, right, I need a number um, between one and eight. Uh, seven, in honor of John117. In honor of John 117, I need you to tell me why Playground Games would be a great developer for a Toy Story game. Which is Playground Ooh. Games again? Uh, Forza the Horizon studio behind Fable. the new Fable and Forza Horizon. Right, right. Interesting. You have 60 seconds starting now. You know, one of my favorite segments from the entirety of the Toy Story series is the segment at the very end of Toy Story 1 where Woody and Buzz are driving in the RC car to catch up with the truck. Uh, watching that as a child, it was just just so visceral and cool, and watching the sparks fly at the end was uh, especially cinematic. And I feel like their uh, driving slash racing game experience could lend really well to a Toy Story-centric game that is basically open world, but where you're kind of heavily encouraged to get into toy cars like the RC car and kind of drive around and get into all sorts of escapades. Uh, the upcoming experience, uh, the upcoming uh, skills that they've cultivated working on the Fable game will also lend to the action RPG and, you know, uh, skill point-like uh, system that will interwove, interweave through much of the rest of the experience when you're just on foot fighting other evil toys and uh, trying to ultimately ensure that uh, Andy has the best day possible without him knowing about your escapades. Cozy, that was phenomenal. Great job. So much so that I'm going to put this above your own pick (gasps) at number three, above Tetsuya Nomura's Pokemon, but below the KOTOR successor from the Disco Elysium developer. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boy Cozy's pulling up. He's he's making moves. Uh, He may be standing still in a second, though. Alex, I need you to give me a number between one and seven now that a game has been picked. I'll pick six. Oh, thank God. Please oh, no. tell me. Oh, no, you're actually going to love this. Okay. Why would a Black Mirror game from Kojima Productions be something we all need to see? That feels oh. a little bit too on point. That yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 60 okay. seconds and go. Okay, so Black Mirror is all about these interesting questions and scenarios, and that's what Kojima fucking lives for. He just likes taking something that's weird and interesting, and how can I present that visually and do something fucking weird with it in games? The fact that, like, 
he could have literally he could do literally anything and kojima doing literally anything is so enticing it's borderline arousing it is awesome i i just i want that to be a thing the fact that like when pt was uh when like some of the things about pt about how it would like connect your smart home stuff and it would talk to you outside of the game it would connect your phone he could do all sorts of shit like that and kojima really loves america and america how it works and all that and so this could be an avenue into exploring that and also just finding interesting ways to bring that into the games and just especially if he did it on playstation the dual sense is ripe for kojima to just make you really immersed in the game you're out of time i knew you would love this one <laughs> um i'm not really a kojima guy though so i'm gonna have to put it at number five i think okay uh, above smallville but below pokemon i'll take it all right nathan yo um i need a number from you between one and six three okay you you might actually okay let's see what we can do this one it is another marvel entry tell me why a thor game from sony santa monica has to happen oh hmm. that's so on the nose another really on the nose pick okay you want me to go with something less on the nose then yeah i just Here, feel let like me give you, let me give you one in your wheelhouse why would a criterion developed fast and furious game be great Ooh. Haven't we had one? Not from Criterion. Not, yeah, not from Criterion. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, a Fast and Furious uh, game by Criterion would be excellent because the game's focuses on like being fast and furious. It, it's the driving, and that's what, what the heart of the Fast and Furious franchise was initially. Um, but it also gives them the option to... Uh, what I prefer more about the Fast and the Furious franchise at this point is the heist, the very heist feel of it. And I'd like to see Criterion stretch its muscles a little bit beyond pure racing and go into a little more action adventure stuff with beyond the, the racing and the cool like chase scenes and the stealing of like the safes from cars as they're driving. Um, focus more on mission-based goals with it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of potential for Criterion Fast and the Furious game. It's just a matter of getting them to push past their comfort zone a little bit and produce something really great. Also, don't bring them in to do voice acting because they're bad at it. <laughs> uh, all of that very true. And for that reason, I'm actually going to put the Criterion developed Fast and Furious game at number four above Tetsuya Nomura's Pokemon, but below Playground Games Toy Story game somehow is still at number three on this list. All right, Haley, I'm going to be nice. You are our guest. I'm going to give you your pick out of the four remaining. So I'm going to give you all of my ideas and you can take any of the four and pitch them. A Mickey Mouse game from Studio MDHR, the studio behind Cuphead. A strategy RPG from Intelligence Systems in the Lord of the Rings universe. Uh, .emu, or MMU, the studio behind the Streets of Rage 4 and the upcoming TMNT game, doing a reimagining of the Simpsons arcade beat-em-up game, or Insomniac Games building out a Transformers game. Oh, Insomniac Transformers. Pitch it. Let's go. Uh, the way that Ratchet Rift Apart looks with all the rift mechanics and the giant robot with rivet, uh, this might be a spoiler, I don't know, for people who are trying to go on blind. Apologies. 
this was shown in footage, that's why I'm mentioning it. The giant robot that Rivet slides across in the new preview footage that came out today. Uh, looks fantastic. I think that giving Insomniac the reins with giant robots that can transform uh, would work well, especially with the technology to move between worlds in an instant. Uh, the combat would pretty much work the same because Insomniac's great at combat, especially with Sunset Overdrive and, you know, um, Ratchet and even Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's more focused on fists than, hand like, hand giant hand robots hand. with guns. Um, I, I think they could definitely nail it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's actually why I'm going to put this at number three. Above Playground Games developed Toy Story games somehow, and uh, below the KOTOR successor from the developer behind uh, Disco Elysium. Shit, that's loud. See, I keep doing it! Alright, so... Shit. It changed nothing. Alex and actually no it no, it changed no. nothing. Alex and Nathan are still yeah. tied for first. That that changed um, it back to where we were. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was different before uh, different before that. Everything changes until it's all the same. Um yeah. but war never shit. changes. Uh hey. Alex has the number one spot, so Alex wins the tiebreaker by getting the uh, the number one spot. So that's gonna be your game for today. <laughs> The uh, list really? is as fu- we're out of I time. thought I thought you would have them we're like do one more it's me right. opening my portal. Like flip a coin one. or something at least. No tiebreaker. Yeah. Alex got the number one pick. Alex 14 million endings and Alex. this is the only one. I'm never going to win this Strange game ever. <laughs> uh the list is as follows from number 10 Rockstar Games The Boys from Alex. Number 9 was Don't Nods The OC from Nathan. And number 8 we had Sucker Punch developing a Smallville game from Haley. At number seven, Kojima Productions building out a Black Mirror game from Alex. At number six, a Pokemon game developed by Tetsuya Nomura's team at Square Enix. At number five, a Criterion Fast and Furious game. At number four, Playground Games Toy Story, which still makes me laugh, from Cozy. At number three, Insomniac's Transformers from Haley. At number two, Disco Elysium developer Zayum's KOTOR successor. And at number one, Remedy building a Doctor Strange game. Haley, thanks for joining us today. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, I had it fun. Was a pleasure. It's uh, right. it's definitely it's definitely interesting being put on the spot, but I had a lot of fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you were able to run with the, or roll with the punches, so to speak. Uh, let everyone know right now. We'll put links in the description. But where can everyone keep up with you and your uh, content? You can follow me on Twitter at Shepard Zarel. Uh, yes, that is a Mass Effect and Supergirl reference. I won't go into detail. Uh, and you can add me on your game platform of choice. Uh, I really only have access to PlayStation. I plan to get an Xbox soon, but my tag is the same across everything except Nintendo. Uh, it's Haley Zarel. Uh, Thanks, and, <laughs> and I don't have access to Nintendo right now either. Um, okay. But uh, you can come watch me stream the beginning of Wrath of the Druids tomorrow night at twitch.tv slash Haley Zarel while I wait for Mass Effect to launch. Uh <laughs> Uh, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan, so very excited to jump into the Ireland DLC. And uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show, it's just a bunch of shenanigans, but if you really want to see what I'm up to on Tumblr, uh, right now Venom 2 is included in that. It's also uh, Tumblr, uh, com. There you go. All right, awesome. Oh, uh, and thank- sorry, one more thing. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> I, no, I forgot. Well, I, was, I should mention it. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, the next recording of PSXP is live at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning on twitch.tv slash PSVG. Perfect. We'll be sure to drop those links for everyone to go and drop those follows. Follow the tumblers. I don't know how that works. But either way, thank you for tuning into this episode of Press YYZ. 
If you enjoyed what you just heard, be sure to share and subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate and review us on your podcast service of choice if you can, and follow us here on Twitch. Uh, you can also check out at PressYYZ on your platform of choice when it comes to socials, Twitter, Instagram, doesn't matter. We got to start using Instagram more. But that's a conversation for another day. Uh, you can also join us over on Discord, invite.gg slash PressYYZ. Keep up with all our shenanigans. Very active community. We're in voice chat almost daily talking about the latest nonsense like the Venom 2 tra uh, trailer. Uh, next week's topic of the show, to honor our 69th episode and the longest, stupidest running gag on this podcast, we will be going through and ranking the girthiest video game protagonists. What does that mean? To be clear, I have no idea. We'll figure Up it out to next your week. Own Until next time, thanks for playing. Get ready for girth. That's what I say regularly. <laughs> yeah, GFRG. Get ready for girth. If if the Twitter um, promo isn't get ready for girth, then we've we failed. <laughs>